What in the heck is a spiritual awakening? Well, according to this thing I found online, it says that a spiritual awakening is a paradigm shift that reconfigures the way you experience everything. And while some spiritual awakenings can come from firework moments, near-death experience, sudden downloads of wisdom from a greater unknown, that has been said to happen. But more often than not, a spiritual awakening is not as exciting as that. (laughs) And in fact, it's the exact opposite of that. A lot of times spiritual awakenings come out of negative, sad, depressing situations. And so today I'm going to talk to you about what caused my spiritual awakening. And it's all about postpartum depression. So I do want to kind of let you know that this isn't the most positive or the most exciting episode that I've ever had. But if you know someone who has gone through postpartum depression, or if you know someone who might be going through it, you might want to send this to them because I think this will help them see a little light at the end of a very dark tunnel. So let's get to it. Hey friends, I'm Lindsay Ashworth and this is the Celebration Effect podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and knowledge you need to stop living for the someday and start celebrating the now. Together, we'll celebrate our minds, bodies, and souls and realize that life is cause for celebration. I'm so grateful you're here. Well, hey, friends, thanks so much for joining me on another podcast. On this episode, obviously, it's going to be a little less upbeat than your typical episode, but I think it's important to learn about where people come from and where the journey started. Like I said, a spiritual awakening is often not the most positive thing. It comes out of a lot of bad circumstances because people pull themselves out of those situations and recognize that life is worth celebrating. I do want to say that I have never actually shared this story with anyone, honestly. I haven't shared it with my husband, really. I mean, he he kind of knows, but I've never really shared my, my deep feelings about it. I haven't shared it with my family, really, or my friends. And the reason I think that happens, because there's just a lot of shame around this topic. And I think the reason for that is just that society looks at this time of this having a baby and being a new mom as this wonderful, glorious time, you know, and when it's not, you feel wrong. And so you don't want to share those feelings with people because people will judge you and people will think that you are heartless. And so I'm just going to put that on the table here is I'm just going to say what it was. And I know that some people are going to feel some type of way about what I have to say. And that's okay, you know, because I have moved through this and I think it's going to help someone who might be going through it right now. I know for me, I would stay up late at night, you know, tears in my eyes, looking for answers on Google, you know, the Google rabbit trail if you will. And I could never find that light at the end of the tunnel story. I could never find that, 
you know, this person had this experience and they pulled themselves out and now it's great. And I don't know, I think that's just the experience you have when you go down the Google rabbit trail, right? Even if you're searching symptoms for a disease, you always find the worst case scenario because what happens is once people start to feel better, they don't post online anymore, right? You can relate to this, right? Last time you posted some negative review about something, if something good happens, you don't come back on and say, you know, oh, hey, by the way, my life is great now. (laughs) P.S. people. So that is truly my hope here is just to give someone out there a little bit of hope that this can end, this will end, and you can come out on the other side. And I do want to state here that, you know, I think I need to mention here that I'm not um, a healthcare provider. I do not consult on mental health. So if you're having any of these issues, you know, you will want to see a doctor if that's something you think you should do. And I also want to mention that people's experience with postpartum depression, as is anything, is so different. Just like when you have a kid and you try to tell, you know, another new mom how it's going to be, you don't actually know what to tell them because their baby's going to be totally different than your baby, right? So it's the exact same thing here. And I think what was hard for me is the things that come out in the news, the things that you hear on social media about postpartum depression are sometimes a little fluffy, right? For example, I heard an interview with Chrissy Teigen who said that she suffered with postpartum depression and the way that she said that it manifested for her was that she was just angry all the time, angry at her husband, angry at people. And I think for most moms, that's relatable, right? You you have no sleep, you're running on low energy, all of the things. And so, you know, I think we're all a little irritable when we become new moms. But in reality, Postpartum depression is so much darker than that. And so those are the feelings that don't get shared. So let's talk about that. So my experience, again, probably very different than other people, was that I had an amazing pregnancy. I'm not going to lie. I felt fat. That was about it. <laughs> that was about the extent of my discomfort. Sure, there were, you know, the typical issues that a pregnant woman, you know, has, but I had a great pregnancy and I had a really great delivery as well. You know, I went into labor. I started having contractions three minutes apart, went straight to the hospital. I was already dilated six centimeters. Um, They gave me the epidural right away. And I mean, it literally couldn't have been any better. Um, So I'm really lucky to have that. It took me, you know, a few hours to push because I think I had a little too much epidural. (laughs) It was great in terms of the way I felt, but it just took a little bit longer with the pushing. I think I took, I think I pushed for like three and a half hours or something like that. So the way that I think that the postpartum depression started to manifest itself, and I know that they say, I, I looked up postpartum depression, they said it can sometimes come. Uh, a week or so after or something like that. But I have to tell you that I felt it within seconds of her coming out of me. And as they placed her on my chest, I literally can tell you that it felt like a movie and I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Of course, this is going to be hard to get through. You know, in like a movie where 
it just starts to slow down and they start to show that like slow motion of like maybe an intense moment or something where it's like and they kind of like zero in on the person and it's in slow motion okay that is exactly how it felt to me and so immediately I felt extremely overwhelmed like I couldn't do things that I would normally do and if you know me personally I am someone who is extremely organized I am someone who can multitask, although they say that's not very good. I'm a multitasker. The more things you give me, the better I do. The more I'm balancing, I can handle it. That's how I am. And the minute they handed me my child, I I lost that ability. You guys, I'm not even into the nitty gritty and I'm already crying. But we are going to get through this. I'm pulling myself together, you guys. Basically, for me, the hormones just, I don't know, screwed up my brain. And I immediately could not like process, I couldn't prioritize things. So even to tell our family that was sitting in the waiting room that my daughter was born, I completely forgot to do that. And I didn't realize that the doctors don't tell them that. So they actually were sitting in the waiting room for hours and hours thinking I was probably dying and I had no idea. And and then it continued into you know the room over the next few days. I felt extremely overwhelmed to text my friends and family about my daughter being born. Um, I literally could not... I remember sending a group text to a group of girlfriends about it, and as they were all texting back, I was just extremely overwhelmed. So I could not prioritize tasks, and when I got home, this continued. You know, if I had the laundry to do, bottles to wash, pumping to do, and, you know, I had to feed her, that was just I didn't understand how to prioritize those tasks when usually for someone like me, it's like, oh yeah, duh, you just throw in the laundry, wash the bottles, feed the baby, da-da-da-da-da, right? It's just like, it's a great day. But for me, it was just so overwhelming. I could not figure out how to get it all done. That was definitely the hormonal part of it, I believe. And you know, on top of it though, there were so many other factors at play that really came into my my depression, I felt like, which was, you know, breastfeeding wasn't happening for me. I know a lot of moms can relate to that. Um, Not only was I not making enough milk, but I was just in horrific pain with open bleeding sores on my nipples and lactation nurses just kept telling me to keep trying as if that was the only answer. And, you know, after two weeks, I just gave up, which was another huge source of crippling guilt and shame. So to add to the fun of this, of course, my daughter was pretty colicky and had acid reflux, and it was just really impossible for me to bond with her. I couldn't make her happy. Really, it felt no matter how hard I tried. And I just wondered, you know, why do people do this? How do people do this? I'm clearly not doing something right. I think the hardest thing to hear from other moms, from friends, from doctors was this statement, which was, isn't it just great? And honestly, you guys, I've had to re-record this 17 times because I start crying every time I say it (laughs) because it was not great. 
It was not great. I was having a horrible time. And the reason that I probably cry about it is because it's a very shameful feeling when the rest of society views something a certain way and you view it a very different way. It feels so conflicting. Now, while I do believe that a lot of this was hormone-based, of course, it wouldn't be the Celebration Effect podcast if I didn't talk about taking responsibility for the thoughts that I was having during this time. Of course, some of these thoughts could have been from my hormones, but a lot of other ones could have been changed, could have been different if I had been taught the lessons that I try to teach on this podcast every week. Because listen, we all know that becoming a mom is a lot of change, a lot of change. And you are coming from a place in your life where one chapter is ending and another one is beginning. And this is probably going to annoy people <laughs> saying this, but you know, me and my husband have such a great relationship and I just, I loved the relationship that we had before um, we had a child and I just loved our life. I really did. And most people probably come from the side of the matter that, you know, oh, we love our life. Let's grow our family. Well, I think in my mind, I maybe wasn't mentally prepared for how much my life would change. I was really grieving the loss of my old life. And speaking it out loud feels selfish. And I think that's why it's such a hard story to tell. It's hard that my story is just not like anyone else's. You know, when I hear people's newborn experiences and how they were constantly checking on their baby to make sure they were breathing or they didn't want to let them out of their room because, you know, you've heard all the stories. You probably have the stories. <laughs> so to come from a place where, you know, I didn't feel that way, it can feel, it feels, I feel a lot of guilt around it, a lot of shame. And right now is probably a good time to mention that, you know, I never had thoughts about harming my child or harming myself. Most of my fantasies really involved leaving, just running away. Different stories about where I could go. I could just run off to a hotel and get out of this place. And um, But then I had always come back to my husband and thinking about leaving him with this colicky child and how horrible that would be for him. And so that was always what reined me back in and why I think it is so, so important to have a supportive partner. I know for a fact that I would not have been able to get through it had it not been for the help of a very supportive partner. And you might be thinking, you know, did you talk to a professional about this? What did they say? But I'm sure anyone who's going through this or has gone through this can relate to the fact that this is what happens. You go to your gynecologist for your checkups. They ask you how you are. You have so much shame around your feelings that you don't tell them that you hate life as a mom. You can't tell them that. They give you the this paper that says like, on a scale of one to 10, like how sad are you? It's like, I'm not going to, this is, I'm not crazy. This isn't a 5150. Like I know exactly what's going on here. And if I put that I don't like this situation, something bad is gonna happen, okay? So 
I think we can all relate to the fact that you just lie. You just lie. And at one point, I got so desperate that I did reach out. I emailed my healthcare provider, my doctor, and she did not respond for two weeks. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with her or anything like that, but I guess I'm just saying that if you... from an outside perspective, think that someone is going to get help from a doctor and that's what you're expecting them to rely on, that is not always the most reliable action. (laughs) And, um, you know, two weeks later when they call me up and they say, oh my gosh, you know, sorry, we just saw your email. Like, how are you doing? (laughs) Once again, you don't have it in you to say, yeah, I'm going to need some help around this. And this is just my experience. Maybe maybe you did have the courage to say that you had a problem. Um, and even after that, I, I looked up a therapist who worked specifically with postpartum depression because everyone in my provider or my provided network was not, they were just experts on depression. Well, I've never been depressed. And so I didn't feel like that was the same thing. So I wanted someone who was a specialist, I guess. So I had to go outside of my provider. It was like $200 to go and talk to her. I literally cried the entire time. Like she just asked me like, how are you? And I just cried for like an hour. (laughs) And then she wrote something on her paper and she warned me that if she sent this in, this would be on my record basically forever. Basically insinuating like, do you want to look crazy if I send this in to get it, you know, approved from your out of network provider? And so I don't actually know what she quote unquote diagnosed me with. I have no idea. Um, But she recommended that I come in and see her once a week. Well, once a week at $200, you do the math. That's just not affordable. So I was like, no, I'm going to figure this out. This is going to get better. And maybe that wasn't the, the most smart decision, but that's kind of where I was at the time. And I really didn't want to get on medication. I am kind of a firm believer that if you can avoid medication at all costs, that you should. And, you know, my almost 100-year-old grandma told me that from a young age, that if you can just live life the most naturally that you can, then that should be, you know, the way that you go. So I have taken that to heart. You know, for those of you following me, you might know that my mom is suffering with breast cancer, and she has gone through some ups and downs in terms of her mental health as well. And she got on uh, some medication for depression, and it really was helping her. And I do see a great um, result in terms of her thinking. However, it's taking a toll on her body. And so she's going to have to get off of it. And so that's exactly what I was worried about. I was worried about getting addicted to something. I didn't want to handle it that way. I would say I experienced this negative thinking around being a parent until my daughter turned about two. That's when I really felt a shift. 
And you guys know that if you've been listening for a while, that that shift really occurred after writing in my gratitude journal for several months about being a more patient and a more kind and just a better parent. And that actually came from my very first experience into this whole new world of thinking really started when I was listening to the Jenny McCarthy show. On Sirius XM, love her, love that show. I don't listen to it much anymore, but she had a guest on there named Mae McCarthy. And Mae McCarthy wrote a book called The Gratitude Formula, which I highly, highly recommend you get. And she talked about a book that was written back, you know, hundreds of years ago by an author named Florence Scovel Shin, who wrote a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And those were my two books into this new realm, all about gratitude and how to change your life through gratitude. And that was my paradigm shift. That was my spiritual awakening that I suddenly realized that I was playing the victim in this story. And yes, I did struggle with that hormone imbalance, which probably went away at some point, and I was still choosing to wallow. I was choosing to think negative thoughts. I was choosing to compare myself to other moms, other moms who had seemingly easier children than me, other moms who had a clearly an easier time and and an easier transition into parenthood. And I was probably jealous of those people who just made parenting look easy. And anyone can relate to this as being a mom when you just turn on your Instagram, right? Well, do you turn it on or do you just open it up? Whatever. (laughs) You open up Instagram and everyone's doing something better than you, right? They're taking their kids on a trip to the UK and you're like, what? I can barely take my kid to the grocery store. What is wrong with me, right? Here we are stuck in comparison. And that's probably a lot of where my mindset was at the time. So it was a huge paradigm shift for me to look inside and say, stop wallowing and start showing some gratitude for where you are in your life. You have a supportive family who is helping you to care for this child. You have an extremely supportive husband who has been very helpful and cleaning up the puke in the middle of the night when she had the acid reflux across the room at 3 a.m., <laughs> okay? Um, I had a healthy child, a beautiful child, a talented, smart, wonderful child that I, I could be grateful for. And so this taught me that this is everything in life, that mindset is everything. You can choose to look at something negatively, or you can choose to look at something as a learning lesson. And you can choose to have faith that there is something better, that you are going to create something better. Like I said, in all those Googling, late night Googling sessions, I would look up, you know, colicky children and how are they now and how did they grow up to be? And and so many articles said, oh yeah, these colicky babies turned into these horrible adults and <laughs> they were just horrible to parent and all of these different things. The key is that we can get trapped in that mindset, when we are feeling down, when we are at our lowest of lows, we can choose to see the future as, well, this is it. 
This is going to be my life. This low is going to be the rest of my life. Or we can look ahead and say, all right, this was crappy. Where am I going now? Where am I going to be in two years, five years, 10 years? Because I'm not going to be here. This lesson was a spiritual awakening for me because it taught me that you can change your life, that you with your thoughts alone can change your life. And to me, that is so empowering. A lot of times people are looking for that quick fix, right? That that overnight change. But so many times spiritual awakenings take years, right? You're learning the lessons. And I learn something new every day. And I'm still not the best parent. And I still compare myself to other moms who seemingly are doing it better than me. But now I also know that that's a choice for me to be thinking that. You know what? I can change my thinking. I can think differently. Because when you know this one thing, that your emotions are energy in motion that are caused by your thoughts, not the other way around. Your feelings are determined by your thoughts. And if you change your thoughts, you will change your feelings and then you will change your life. I really just hope that this was an inspiration to someone who is going through not just postpartum, just really anything And that this can give you hope and inspiration and faith and believing that there's something better for you. And so many times we go through what I am terming a spiritual awakening. You might be terming something else. You might be saying it's, you know, the worst thing you've ever gone through. What can we learn from this? What can we take from this crappy situation and turn our life around? If this episode has resonated with you in any way, I would love to hear from you over on my Instagram at Party Decorations and Positivity. I really enjoy hearing other people's postpartum stories because I know they're so different. So I'd love to hear from you about your story as well. And I'd love for you to share it with anyone you think it might help today going through something just to let them know that there's always something to celebrate. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. I hope you have a great week and I hope you take a little time to celebrate your life.